grace. I, I love being part of a congregation to where if you believe you heard from God, you could stand up here and say what, what you've heard. And even if you get it wrong and make a mistake, it's okay because we're all in this and learning together, aren't we? And I, I would just say, don't stop. <laughs> Amen. Um, you, you know, when I was um, pastoring in Belfast, I was there for about 20 years or so on the Newton Arts Road, and I was working in some evenings with the Teen Challenge, and they'd have the bus, and we'd serve food and stuff, and we parked behind the Elam Church there for the community. And um, I just remember one night that um, just talking to people, passing by and everything, and I just thought, boy, this is such a dark, depressed area. I don't know if you ever been around the... Newton Arts Road, and I thought, you know, just like a cloud over everybody, and, um, and I just, and when I looked around, it just came to me, this is just like what Jesus said when he looked at the crowd, he said, they're like sheep without a shepherd, and, and, and that's what I felt like, and then, you, you know, I, this is what I felt God told me, it, it may, I may get it wrong, I don't know, but this is what I felt he said, he, I believe he said to me, Richard, look at the Elam church there. I see my, my kingdom is there, but do you see it on the streets around the church? And then he said, look at the Church of Ireland. All these churches are right there. Church of Ireland church, do you, my kingdom is there in that Church of Ireland, but do you see it here on the streets? And he said, look over at the Methodist church in Skanos. I don't know if you know that. Uh, you know, my kingdom is there, but do you see it here on the streets? And, and then my, the church I was at, the, the Nazarene church, do you, you know, you, my kingdom is there, but do you see it here on the streets? And I thought, I don't see much of, of hope or anything of the kingdom in these streets. And what came to me was, was that the success, I need to change my way of thinking. That, that as a Christian or even a Christian pastor, the success of a congregation is not what goes on in here. It's not how good our worship is. It's not how good anything is or the preaching or anything. We want to measure the success, I think, through God's eyes is how much is the kingdom manifested on the streets around your, the building where you worship. How much is, do you see the kingdom out there? And, and instead of measuring by the numbers in here, I, I, I've started thinking, yeah, I've got to measure by how much I see the kingdom out there and how do we manifest the kingdom of God out on the streets? Uh, I'm speaking this morning on the kingdom of God. And I'm going to start with, with Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You know it well, but it's always worth coming back to. Paul says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice he wasn't into dead sacrifices. He wants a living one that goes out and does something as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And this is the main part of the verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, at that time, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to know the will of God? You need to renew your mind. And before, and as you renew your mind, you need to present your body as a living sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 5.13. Paul
Paul says, if we are out of our mind, as some say, and I would say if we start really following the kingdom, people will think you're out of your mind in this world. If you are out of your mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you, for Christ's love compels us. And then this verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And then we could ask, well, ambassadors of what? The message of salvation? What are we the ambassadors of? And it's the ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Dear Father, Almighty King, Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, come and do your work in us. Come and increase our our vision. Come and help us to renew our minds in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, for one long, grueling, um, crazy year, 1971 to 72, when I was 20 years old, I was in the Vietnam War for that year. And I remember the time we got on the plane. It was from the Philippines, and we're flying into Da Nang. Now, I don't know if you know about Da Nang. It was known as Rocket City because that's where all the rockets come in. As we were flying in, you see the 50-caliber um, machine guns at the, at the gates and people manning it. You would see all the craters of where the rockets have fallen and everything. As I was going in on that airplane, my, my, I looking back on it, I think God... That was God preparing me for the church, for going to church. (laughs) Just thought I'd throw that in there. Sometimes it is like that. I'm going to war, man. But but, but really what, what it was is it was just a military plane and they didn't have seats or seat belts. They, they just had two long wood benches on either side and you would sit on those. So I was getting used to sitting on a pew before I became a Christian. <laughs> just, there you go. That was, don't know what that was. That's just idiocy. <laughs> but I would say, you don't know how sobering that moment was though. When you started landing the plane into Da Nang, it was like like Vietnam was no longer a news report on the television. Man, that this is is not some story from some far distant land, but this was the real deal, and I was entering into the middle of it, and I knew I would be there for a year. Not nice. Not nice at all. But what really struck me about being in Da Nang was they had barracks. And then I, I found the guy next to me. I went to visit him in his, in his room. And he, I don't know where he got it from, but he had really nice wood and he had some joinery tools. And he was in his room and he was making these cabinets that you would hang on the wall, but they were handmade bespoke cabinets in, in his room. And he was making this beautiful wood bed. And I, I just thought... That is so crazy to do that in the middle of a war zone when we're getting hit with rockets all the time. Why would you do that? And he said, you know, back home in Illinois where I lived, I was a joiner and I was a cabinet maker. That's where I was raised. 
and that is why I am doing this. He said, while I am here, I don't want to lose myself. When I enter my room, it reminds me of who I am and where I came from. He said, I am a cabinet maker from Illinois. I have a family at home waiting for me. They're waiting for a carpenter or a joiner. They aren't waiting for a spaced out soldier. So I'm going to come home as a joiner. And you know, I'll just say this in Vietnam, you could really lose yourself. So many people actually did over there. Um, You know, I don't go into gory details, but a lot of the soldiers had, had these necklaces and on these necklaces was human ears of the Viet Cong or, or the villagers that, that they killed and they would wear it on the string. Somehow they lost themselves in that war. They forgot who they were. They, they, they forgot where they came from. And, um, and many like me were, were, were lost on drugs. You know, even when we um, were leaving Vietnam, a lot of the soldiers, you don't hear this reported a lot, went AWOL to Saigon because they knew they couldn't support their heroin habit back in the States. So they decided we'll stay here in Vietnam, even as the soldiers pulled out. That, that's how they lost themselves. We were stupid, young, and, but, but we were assimilated into that war. As Christians, you know, we will never see the kingdom on our streets if we are assimilated into this world. But the cabinet maker wasn't going to allow himself to be conformed to that war even though he was in the middle of it. And and when I went to his room, it kind of reminded me of who I was because I was also from Illinois. And it reminded me of where I was going, you know. I didn't want to become part of that Vietnam doodah this morning like I say I'm talking about the kingdom of God and I do love what Paul says in Romans 12 he says do not conform well for any hippie which I join because that's what I like I do not want to conform but he said do not conform and I thought yeah amen I'm right in there do not conform to the pattern of this world and sometimes we don't realize how much we are conforming to the pattern of this world. And the more we conform to the pattern of this world, the less we are conforming to the kingdom of God. And if we want the kingdom of God on our streets, we can't be conformed to the world. We've got to be conformed to his thoughts, his way of thinking, his way of doing things. I hated the word domesticated, but I loved the word Radical. Does anybody feel that way here? I hope we, we all do. We should be in the kingdom of God. Jesus was quite radical. I hate the words conservative and liberal, but I love the word freedom. And I hate the word tamed. And I hope we aren't becoming tamed because that's what the world tries to do to you, to do it their way. But I do love Jesus. He is my model. And Jesus did not conform And he wasn't conservative or liberal, but he was free and he certainly wasn't tame. Sometimes we get so ensnarled into this world system and in the world's outlook on things that we forget who we are and who we are connected to. 
the TV and the news sure doesn't help. If we have a strong diet of a lot of TV and news, uh, I, will, I will say you are, you are being assimilated somehow. You, it, you know, it, it does affect us. You know, and the madness going on in the world and thinking about that all the time doesn't help either. That's not as kingdom people. We're supposed to set our, we aren't supposed to set our minds on those kind of things. And we want to break, break free, but sometimes it gets harder and harder as life in this world becomes more and more complicated. But sometimes I think our, our focus is, and it has been, some Christian groups just say, say, well, let's just leave the world behind and join a monastery or, or head out and live in a teepee in Kansas or somewhere. Let, let, let's do something like that and get away from it all. But, but I think that that's not the Bible's way. The Bible, the Bible says, says don't, don't be thinking so much of what and concentrate on what you're breaking away from, but set your focus and concentration of what you are pushing and breaking into. We should set our minds and hearts all the time on the kingdom of God, not, not the kingdom of this world. The, the way of this world is, is, is crazy. We, we tend to focus on the politics and, and sometimes get sucked up in that. We get sucked up, sucked up in the governments and all its problems and injustice. But the Bible says instead of trying to fix the world or trying to distance ourselves from the world system, we know, need to focus on what we're breaking into, not what we are breaking away from. Think kingdom of God not the kingdoms of this world. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Luke 16, 16. The laws and the prophets were proclaimed until John, John the Baptist. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is forcing their way into it. Some verses, old versions talk about violently trying to enter in, into this. And sometimes it takes that on our part, a, a passion to really, I want to see the kingdom here. And like many Christians, we tend to focus on our salvation and leave the kingdom thing to God. And, and it really doesn't, doesn't enter that much in, into our, our lifestyle or our, or our thoughts that, that I am really seeking the kingdom. Or we think our main task is just to get people saved and then point out all the wrongs going on in the world. We know the world is not Christian. But, but the, God, the end goal is the kingdom of God. This is what God is always trying to establish and get us into. He, he wants us to be saved, but we take salvation sometimes as the end goal. I said the prayer, I'm saved, that's it. And then we miss what God is leading us to, and you say, no, no, no. I, I, you know, I did save you, I love you, this is my purpose. But now, let's establish the kingdom of God. Let, let's raise it up on our priority list. Don't be conformed to this world, you know, transform our minds to think kingdom. And the kingdom that we are a citizen of. We are not citizens. In reality, for all eternity, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We aren't citizens of Northern Ireland. We do not belong to this world. 
we are not to be defined by this world. Jesus even said, said as you seek me and, and walk in the kingdom, this world will hate you because it's not of me. And we are supposed to be the ambassadors of the kingdom of God, the ambassadors of heaven. So we're supposed to conform our ways to the kingdom and not the ways of this earth. I know you know this, but I'm just bringing this home. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget where where, where you have come from. We don't always think kingdom of God thoughts because our vision becomes clouded by all the voices and institutions around us in this world and in our community, and it hinders our spiritual growth, it hinders our calling, and it hinders our ministry. Jesus lived, preached, and breathed the kingdom of God. Jesus wasn't living and breathing salvation. He was living and breathing the kingdom of God, the end goal. And, we, and whenever you hear the word gospel, now we, we know gospel means good news. It's a declaration. This is good news. You know, and, and then if I, I'm sure, oh, I don't have time to, but if I, uh, if I asked, asked what's the gospel here, I would guarantee that 90% of us would say the gospel is Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross for my sin. That's the gospel. And he rose again and I could believe in him and be saved. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That, that, that's what we always, always hear and talk about. But you may be surprised that when Jesus, whenever Jesus mentions the word gospel, he doesn't add that salvation to it. Did you know that? He's, it's always about this one overriding theme with Jesus Christ. And he, whenever the gospel is mentioned about Jesus, it's always the gospel of the kingdom. Don't go out. He wasn't saying go out and preach the gospel of the cross and resurrection. As much, This is Jesus I'm talking about. Paul takes it a bit further. But, but he was always the gospel of the kingdom. Whenever you hear the word gospel... Do you ever think kingdom of God? Has anybody ever handed you a tract? You you know, tracts, these little, we call them gospel tracts, messages. Have you ever read one that talked about the gospel of the kingdom? I don't remember ever getting one like that, but I got hundreds of them that, that, that would say the gospel of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And I'm not, decrying that at all. I mean, that, that is so important. But Jesus was always the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus preached one gospel. He announced one gospel. He taught and trained his disciples to proclaim and exhibit one gospel. Even in Matthew 10, when he sent his disciples out, he said, go out and preach the kingdom. Heal the sick and the blind and everything. But he said, preach the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom of God. Everything Jesus did was a demonstration of the kingdom. In in all that he did, whenever Jesus mentions the word gospel, the kingdom of God is attached to it. In Matthew 4.23, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and illness among the people. Mark 1.14, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news, the gospel of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. 
repent and believe the good news, the good news of the kingdom. What he's saying is, it's good news. The kingdom of God on this earth is good news for everybody. Luke 8, 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God. Luke 16, 16. I won't read them all, but this is another one. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. But now the good news, the gospel of the kingdom is being preached. Now, some of us may be asking, well, yes, Jesus talked about the kingdom a lot, but this was before his death and resurrection. So did his gospel change after he rose from the dead? Did anybody have that question in their mind? Maybe not. Well, surprisingly enough, when Jesus rose from the dead, his gospel didn't change at all. He spent the next 40 days talking about the thing closest to his heart to his disciples. Acts 1.3, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke not about the cross resurrection, but he spoke about the kingdom of God for 40 days after he rose from the dead. And that's why the disciples said, are you going to bring the kingdom now? Because they just had a 40-day lesson. You know, it was like a TT course. I hope, I hope his course was orthodox. <laughs> I am joking. Forget that. I wonder why we aren't as passionate about the kingdom as Jesus the one we follow was so passionate about the kingdom. I don't have time to go into the kingdom through the Old Testament. You'll have to buy a well-known book for that one. <laughs> Throw that in there. I won't tell you who it was by. No. Okay, move on, Richard. <laughs> now, here's a verse that may really surprise us. If we said... Why did Jesus come? Most of us would say he came to die on the cross for our sins. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus speaking, Luke 4:43, he says to his disciples, I must proclaim the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because that is why I was sent. What can you say about that? And I, I, I don't have time to go into this, but so many times I believe a divided church said a church, uh, the kingdom cannot stand if, if all its members are divided and how important unity in the church is to even manifest the, the kingdom out there. But he said it was because why I was sent was to preach Good news, good news of the kingdom. And when he said to other towns, the good news of the kingdom, he said it's a new rule, uh, an alternative lifestyle, different culture, and different value system. I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also because the kingdom is the good news. The towns need to see and hear, not just salvation, 
but the good news of the kingdom, but oftentimes we put the kingdom way down there on the list and don't give it much emphasis when that was the passion of Jesus when he walked the streets of, of, of Israel. This is good news to Down Patrick out there, the gospel of the kingdom. They need to see the kingdom. The kingdom shows what being saved is like. Our unity and love for each other shows them what being saved is like. Jesus even said when he, in Matthew 28, you, you know, he said, go into the whole world and preach the gospel and get them to obey everything I said. And what he's saying is get, get them to enter into the kingdom and, and to live like they're part of the kingdom. The Bible tells us not to conform to the pattern of this world because we as Christians don't belong to this world. The, that umbilical cord attaching us to this world system has been cut by the cross. We are... Amen. That's my warning sign. We are reborn into a different otherworldly kingdom, and we live here as its ambassadors. I'm always representing that kingdom, not this kingdom. I'm not worried about this kingdom. If I get the heavenly kingdom right here, it is going to be such an attraction and anointing to the world that, that, that we will see, I'm going off track here, but in Acts chapter 2, as, as soon as all the people started sharing all their goods together and there was such unity in Jerusalem, and, and then it said every day there were people coming into the church. And it wasn't ju just the preaching, it was they saw the manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth for that time. We don't let this world set our values. And there's a lot of value shifts going on right now, especially in the last 10 years. I won't, I won't go into those. And sometimes we just let the world fill our mind with its cares and its fears and what it celebrates and what it allows. And we don't realize, realize how assimilated sometimes we become and what it will take for us to break out into the other kingdom. You know, my friend in Vietnam wouldn't have made those cabinets in the war zone if his heart wasn't in Illinois. Where's your heart? There your treasure will be. If his heart was in the war, he would have been collecting ears and shooting up heroin. Who knows? But he wasn't going to be assimilated into that war culture and value system of Da Nang. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, bless your name, Lord, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our trespasses. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us, the umbilical cords cut from this earth, and has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That, 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 that's where we are that that's where where we live from our home our citizenship is now beyond this world system we are here on this earth and down patrick as ambassadors of the kingdom of god but it's hard to be an ambassador of a kingdom w without the kingdom <laughs> we need to see the kingdom god does not want us to be assimilated into this earthly kingdom amen i, I won't go on about that we 
you, you know, so many times we allow the circumstances the world throws at us to take away our peace. Our peace does not come from this kingdom. Our peace comes from that kingdom because I am an ambassador and that's where I'm attached and that's where I'm from. John 14, 7, 27, peace I, le- I leave with you. Peace I leave with you, Jesus said. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. This is a different kind, different quality. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. How many of us get troubled and afraid? You know, we hear the corona doodah and we get all upset about that. You know, just a lot of things the world is always throwing at us. But, but where does our peace come from? It's not everything being settled all right out here. I live from up above. I am an ambassador. Romans fourteen seventeen. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We are ambassadors of heaven seated in heavenly places. Ambassadors draw their paychecks. They draw their housing. They draw the directions and purpose of life. They draw their protection and support from the country they are citizens from, not the country they are living in. Where are you putting your faith and hope and drawing drawing the peace of life from? Are you looking at it from this world and your paycheck or are you looking at it from, from above where, where we are seated with Christ? Yes, life in this world is hard, but the king, Jesus Christ, king of the kingdom, has something to tell us about that. He says, John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And what he's saying is, if you, if you stay attached to me, you overcome the world. And, and when everybody around you is losing their heads, you aren't because you're drawing from a whole different source. Is this making sense? Praise, praise God. You, you know, renew our mind. If the world is moving us back and forth all the time, we need to renew our mind and think different. I won't read all this. You know it, but I'll just read a little bit. Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break through and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And then he goes on and talks about how God is saying, Jesus said, I'll make a deal with you in Matthew 6, 28 to 34. He said, if you seek my kingdom first, if you put my kingdom, the top of your list in what you're seeking in this earth, attached as ambassadors, he said, if you do that, then I will give you everything you need to live and survive and, and have a full life on this earth. He said, I'll make that deal with you. You don't, you don't have to worry about where your next paycheck is coming from. Look to me, 
And I put that to the test. I don't, I don't have time to talk about it, but I have learned over my life, through, through my life, that even my paycheck for work is not coming from my boss, but it's because God gave that boss that money to give to me, if that makes any sense. Take heart, I have overcome the world. You are seated with me in heavenly places. I am your source, not this world. Build your cabinets, lay up your treasures in heaven. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget where you draw your strength from and your sustenance. You are not a citizen of this planet, but you are a citizen of heaven. You are not an, you are an ambassador of the king, King Jesus. You know... <clears throat> We are connected to heaven, and heaven is not silent. There's always a phone between ambassadors and, and, and the kingdom that they're serving. Our phone line is always open, and so is his. It's not WWJD. Do you know that? We probably wore them. What would Jesus do? I find there's something not kingdom about that. <laughs> It's so impersonal. It's like thinking, hmm, what would Jesus do in that? I'm not quite sure, but he'd probably do this. And you go out and do it. But I think it should be, what is Jesus telling me to do right now? That's how the kingdom comes and his will be done. He said to pray it, my kingdom come, my will be done. But how does that happen? It's when we hear him and we think, what are you telling me to do right now, Lord Jesus? You are the king of the kingdom. You, you, you are the captain of my ship. There's a big difference between WWJD and, and listening to Jesus and what he's saying. Jesus said the kingdom is good news for Downpatrick. How much do we see the kingdom on the streets here? Jesus told us to pray. First thing on the prayer list, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the prayer of an ambassador. Think different. Think kingdom. You, you know, I may have said this here once before, but I was with some of the, we call them the intercessors at, 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 um, in Antrim, and we were meeting to pray. We were meeting once a month, and we were praying for the government because the government was in a bad place. And, um, and, but as we were praying, you know, everybody, as you do in this kind of church, you're walking around, and people are kneeling and crying out and stuff. And then, um, but in the middle of it, it just came to me so strong, and I, I believe it was God speaking to me. He said, Richard, the answer for this island is not the government. The answer for this island is the church. The answer for this island is my kingdom. This is the good news, not the government. The government is not the good news. The government is not the gospel of the government. It's the gospel of the kingdom. And I sometimes I wonder, what would it be like if we ask God to open up our imagination? If we ask God, you know, everything we know from the Bible too, and ask him for a vision of what the kingdom should look like on the streets around here. What, what, what would we see on these streets that would trigger in me something to say, ooh, there's the kingdom of God working there. Ooh, I, I see the kingdom coming more into the streets of Downpatrick. You know what I would say? Why not pray, Lord, give us a vision. Help us to see what, what, what it should look like out there. 
And then when, when it comes to you, even if it comes in a little fragment, then pray that into existence and then take action to make that happen. It, it, it gives direction in how to, how to do this. The world is bonkers. You know that word? It's bonkerville out there. <laughs> and, and, and don't think, and if you don't think you need to renew your mind, then you will be bonkers all your life. And we won't see the kingdom out there. You, you say you want the will of God in your life, then seek first the kingdom. If we don't take decisive action to live kingdom, the world of bonkerdom <laughs> will carry us away with it. I think one of the biggest deceptions, and I'm coming near the end here, one of the biggest deceptions the world throws at us, and I think something that the church has taken up, and I can see why, and I'm not saying we don't need salvation in Jesus and the cross. That, 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 is, that is our entrance. That's the doorway into the kingdom. But when we think, oh, I have Jesus as a Savior, but then not consider him Lord and King of our lives is a deception. That I could have Jesus as Savior and not have him as king and lord of my life because he is king and lord of the kingdom of God for all eternity. The end goal is the kingdom, not salvation. Salvation opens the door for us to enter the kingdom. I'm going to end with this. During the COVID lockup and everything, you know, a lot of us were going kind of crazy during that, not meeting people, not be able to hug, not able to touch anybody. And one morning, I, I was thinking, you know, sometimes you could almost forget who you are when you're stuck in your house and everything. I don't know if you've all felt that way, you know, of where I'm connected. And so I wrote myself what I called my morning creed. And I wrote this thing, and I, and I, I read it every morning to myself, when I woke up and the reason it was almost like me building the cabinets in Da Nang in my room that kind of idea I'm going to read it to you and I and I'll just say too that I made copies of it and they're on the tables there if you want to take one with you feel free to do so but this is what I would pray every morning and I th thought it was a very good exercise <clears throat> this is it I am a child of the living God created in his image. I am his and he is mine. I am accepted into the family by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. I am not my own. I am an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I live before an audience of one. I represent and honor the name of Jesus The Christ above all other names, governments, and institutions. I am led by the Holy Spirit and the living word of God. The fears and false testimonies of this world do not control or define me. 
I am not called to survive, but to conquer in the power of the Holy Spirit and the resurrected Christ. I do not cower. By faith, I intercede and kick down the gates of hell before me in the name of Jesus Christ. Wicked strongholds fall. No weapon formed against me prospers. No evil will come near my home this day. The favor of God is upon me. I steward this favor in honor of his name and for his glory. I celebrate the doors he opens and welcome, and welcome his decision on the ones that need to be closed. God is my father and he watches my back. His angels surround me. My prayers matter. The Holy Spirit teaches and informs me. He shows me the heart of God. My father listens and answers. We walk this path together. I stand and embrace God's strength by faith. I refuse to yield to the temptations and the lies that try to control and mold me. In the name of Jesus Christ and his word, I will not be a slave to sin or grieve the Holy Spirit. It was for freedom Christ set me free. The love of God is my banner. The compassion of Jesus is my motivation. I will share God's love with everyone I meet this day. My call is to be the gospel. I'm not summoned just to give a message, but to be the message. I will give hope because love never fails. I will fulfill all God has called me to do this day. By the grace of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus the Christ, I will abide and dwell in the will of God, nothing less, nothing more, and nothing else. His joy is my strength. His word is my guide. His love is my anchor. My life today will make a difference in this world. Christ lives in me and I live in him. I am being conformed into his image. So I speak to this day, bring it on. And tonight I will shout victory and tell the stories of his goodness. I rest in him, amen. God bless you all. You are so, so loved, amen. Let's stand.
us, Lord. Father, we thank you for your powerful kingdom. And Lord, where we've come under a lie and we've surrendered that future, that inheritance that we have, Lord, forgive us. And would you come and minister freedom and liberty again? And Lord, may the truth of your kingdom fill us, Lord, as we go today.